Hey friends, and welcome back to Write It Out at LBS, the podcast that brings the LBS community together. I'm your host, Catherine Laren. Each week, we explore how disruption and innovation are positively shaking up sectors. This week, we're focusing on edtech. I am super excited to have John Smith join me today, who is the founder and CEO of Pobble. Welcome, John. Thanks. Hi there. <laughs> so a brief background on John. He spent the early part of his career as an engineer working across multiple continents and very spontaneously decided to pursue an MBA at London Business School in 2013, where he was toying with the idea of Pobble. So far, Pobo has raised 2.5 million and is backed by Microsoft Ventures. It's an edtech platform that solves for the pain points in the classrooms, allowing teachers to deliver engaging and inspiring writing lessons. But before we dive into this, the discussion, John, I was going to ask you about the fun fact, but you have more of a spontaneous fact for us. Do you, do you want to share? Yeah, of course. So it's kind of funny, the story of me uh, getting onto the MBA. I was I was working in uh, the Middle East at the time as an engineer, and uh, I, I had been working on the side project with my brother, which in, in the end became Pobble. And um, I was thinking of moving back to London, and one of the things I thought about was to uh, come and do an MBA. So I applied to London Business School in the kind of fourth round, not really ever expecting to be you know, given the opportunity to, to come to the school. Um, and in fact, I was I was just about to get married and had a honeymoon planned, uh, you know, over the course of the opening period of the of the course. So anyway, I, I was a week before my wedding, I was invited to an interview in Dubai and I went to this incredible uh, discussion, had this incredible discussion with a alumnus who, uh, you know, was was from from Nestle. And we talked all about Pobble and all about the opportunity and the potential. And pretty much, he could, you know, he convinced me that it was a, uh, an obvious idea that we should try to. Uh, yeah, try to pursue, uh, you know, getting on, getting into LBS. Anyway, um, that evening we flew back to the UK in order to pretty much prepare for our wedding. Uh, and over the course of the next three days, uh, I received an offer from London Business School. I accepted the offer. I uh, quit my job, uh, convinced my wife that that was a sensible idea and actually uh, postponed our honeymoon, which was perhaps the hardest part of that journey. Um, and six weeks later, I was starting at London Business School with my full focus being around uh, Pobble. Um, so yeah, amazing to think what an impact that one conversation I had uh, pretty much had on my life. That's a very inspiring story and very brave wife for trusting you to go through the journey. <laughs> Absolutely. <yes. laughs> But um, given that all of the learning has been uh, has moved online during the pandemic, uh, I can especially kind of say during the MBA studies that we're doing uh, all of our lessons virtually. Um, how has this impacted Pobble specifically? Well, it's been a really fascinating time. Um, when the uh, pandemic kind of hit and shutdown was being talked about, uh, you know, we're a fully remote team. And so that put us in a really good position to be able to respond quickly. Um, we pretty much reached out to schools and teachers, you know, and, and asked them, like, you know, what do you need right now? Um, and so we very quickly kind of pivoted our approach to basically help support through content. Um, we launched a campaign, Writing Lessons Sorted. We said, look, we'll give you all of the writing lessons you need during a pandemic to deal with whatever closures come, you know, accessible, obviously, in school or at home. And uh, this really resonated. We had a, a huge increase in users, um, driven by partly just people looking for um, home learning solutions or solutions that could work in the classroom or out of the classroom. Uh, but also, I think this this campaign really captured the uh, the kind of essence of what teachers needed. Uh, we saw a seven time 
you know, increase in our daily active users in the course of about 10 days. So it was a pretty remarkable time. Um, but again, we were really delighted that the the platform was you know fully tested for the first time and was able to uh, to to work without any downtime, which was which was really really positive. Um, and then we we've also launched uh, in the last few weeks a, a parent proposition. So uh, as well as making Pobble available to teachers, like we always do, we now have uh, you know a proposition for parents where they can kind of access a weekly writing lesson that's exciting and engaging for their child, helps with independent learning, it really helps to bridge that gap. Uh, writing being a really tricky thing to help support primary age children with at home. That's that's pretty exciting. And um, what are some of the kind of long term trends that you see um, coming out of the pandemic, um, specifically in the edtech industry? Well, I think it's uh, it's very obvious that adoption of edtech has accelerated. Um, there, there was a report recently given out that said there was something like five years worth of kind of adoption of edtech in the course of about five weeks. Uh, and I think that's about right. You know, every single school in the country or even in the world is now thinking about, okay, what does a blended, you know, approach to learning look like or a distributed approach to learning where learning can either happen in school or at home, uh, you know, completely seamlessly. Um, I think one of the one of the other big sort of interesting trends is that, of course, this has highlighted the challenge for disadvantaged uh, pupils. So, if you don't have devices at home, or you know you have you know one device for you know divided by two or three children, it's very very hard to support home learning. And so, a Pobble, for example, we've added you know a very simple button, a PDF download button, so that you can print lessons and put them into home learning packs. And again, that's had a really big impact on uptake of Pobble because people, you know, we now support not just one-to-one device usage, but also, uh, you know, sort of printable types of things. So, yeah, I think it's it's a sort of very, very interesting uh, uh, time period in edtech. You know, it's a, although, of course, against the, the the sort of global issues and challenge of the pandemic, in a way for the, our industry, at least, it's, it's quite an exciting time. There's lots of change uh, happening. I mean, I definitely can can see the new normal, especially in business schools. It's definitely more of a hybrid model where you do see a lot more online learning taking place to complement mm-hmm. classroom learning. So that's even kind of very prevalent as you move up the kind of educational ladder. Um, I wanted to switch gears slightly, um, dive in slightly into the, your kind of career, given that um, during business school, you were um, working on Pobble. But there's, um, you know, for, for those of us that might be thinking about starting our own venture at the moment, but are, are not quite certain, do you have any kind of advice or w- words of wisdom? <laughs> yeah, I think I think a lot of people ask this. And uh, I always say that the I think the most important thing is you just have to start. Start something that you care about. And if you work on it, you know, long enough, you'll figure out, you know, where the kind of opportunities lie, where the real piece of value that you can add. Um, I know, uh, you know, I talk a lot about kind of focus and resilience as two really important kind of, you know, uh, sort of character traits or, uh, or uh, you know, uh, sort of areas that, that entrepreneurs really have to be able to kind of focus on. Um, but I thought Richard Branson said it very well when he said that, you know, it's all about surviving long enough to be lucky. And I think <laughs> as, long as, you're, yeah, as long as you're working on something that you really care about, you'll be willing to work really, really hard at it to find where those opportunities are. Um, and I think, uh, I, I think that's what's, what's really important. But I know a lot of people who've, you know, sort of had ideas and said, oh, yeah, I'd like to do this. And then they don't begin. 
And then inevitably, a couple of years later, someone else comes out with exactly the same solution. And, uh, you know, that's why I always say to people, just begin, because you never know where the opportunities are until you actually start to to explore them. Mm. And uh, kind of another quote comes to mind that ideas are not proprietary executioners. Ties into that. <laughs> very, very true. Execution is everything. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> uh, what about some of those um, young professionals or MBAs that are not necessarily looking to be a founder, but are really excited by joining a team that is on a mission to build a new product? Are you looking to transition from a traditional career path into the startup world? Do you have some advice for them? Yeah, it's interesting. Whenever I speak to MBAs that are looking to move into startups, um, I find in a lot of cases you sort of say, "Well, yeah, where is your skill set?" And they say, "Well, strategy. I'm really good at you know strategic thinking and that sort of thing." And I think, yeah, that is incredibly useful. However, you've got to bear in mind that most founders already have in their head their strategy. You know, they kind of know what they need to do. Um, at the early stage, what they need is like really serious execution. I mean, people who will get their hands dirty and, you know, figure out, you know, how do we do email marketing or marketing automation at a really, really detailed level? And they're willing to get their hands dirty. And cut. So it's not so much strategy. It's more really hands-on hands on things. Uh, I think at the later stage, when you get into, say, you know, possibly even after a sort of Series B, that's the moment when MBAs fit, you know, like a glove into a company. Because at that stage, you're really looking at replicating Uh, something that's worked, but in a new scenario. So, for example, that might be entering a new country. You know, giving a London Business School, uh, you know, a project to look at. Okay, how are we going to enter into this, you know, Southeast Asian country that we've never worked in before? You know, that's a brilliant project for an MBA because they'll be able to think really rigorously about what the strategy is, how that's going to work. And so, I think if you're pitching yourself at an early age, early kind of stage startup. You know, don't be pitching, well, you know, I've got this great strategic thinking and I can help you move into all these countries. Think about what are the really like specific skills that I can bring to this or the things that I'm really passionate about learning and getting, you know, completely on top of, whether that's, I don't know, uh, product marketing or, or, or something else like that. That's a really specific skill the founders can use. Um, and I think that will help when thinking about, um, yeah, how to how to market yourself to a startup. And in terms of um, those kind of very specific skills, looking from the outside in, sometimes it's very difficult to know or identify what are some of the pain points of that mm. particular startup in order to kind of pitch yourself accurately. Do you have um, kind of any framework of thinking? How do you go about identifying those pain points for more effective pitching? Yeah, that's that's a very interesting question. I would say that when you're when you're founding a startup, you pretty much are going to have to cover every single element of that startup during that kind of foundation couple of years. So when I say that, I mean you're going to have to obviously build the product and actually build a solution that you're going to sell. But then you're going to have to think about how we're going to market that, how we're going to sell that, and how we're then going to support you know customer relations and all, all that sort of thing. And so you can probably think about you know all of those different functions where is where is your kind of key skill set or interest is it marketing and then you know you need to find out pretty much is there a gap in the founding team if there is then there is an opportunity if there isn't a gap you know if the founder if the founders are marketeers and devs then you kind of know that marketing and development works probably going to be pretty well covered um, in those founding years um, but yeah it is i think it is really tricky I, we we haven't hired Uh, you know, we've had a couple of interns work with us, um, but we haven't actually hired anyone straight out of 
London Business School so far because we just haven't uh, yet identified exactly where the needs are that you know that we need people um, in that way. That's 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 really great advice. And then, um, what were some of the maybe the courses that have had a um, quite of a big impact upon your career um, or to to date and when you're founding kind of Pobble? There's been so many useful things that we picked up. I mean, whether that's you know corporate finance and understanding. Uh, or you know, management accounting and understanding how to read a balance sheet and P and L statement and and those sorts of things. But but I think the I think the the really practical courses, things like negotiation and bargaining, kind of stand out for me. Um, you know, understanding really all about how to negotiate, how to grow the pie, how to you know not take difficult positions that you can't back down from. Understanding Batner, the best alternative to a negotiated uh, you know uh, position. Uh, They're, they're so important in everything, whether that's hiring, convincing founders to come on board, uh, you know, gaining investment, um, you know, avoiding arguments with coworkers, or you know, even from a more personal standpoint, you know, even in your family life, you know, I, I <laughs> that was such an excellent course, and I think that will just continue to be a benefit to me in almost everything I do uh, from now moving forward. So soft, soft skills all the way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, for a wrap up, what is um, kind of your mantra in times of crisis? <laughs> well, I uh, I was I was lucky enough to have three brothers, but I was the third of four boys, and um, I, I also grew up with a mum who was disabled. She was in a wheelchair, you know, since I was eight years old for for thirty years before she sadly passed away. And I always used to complain when I was a child, you know, oh, life isn't fair. I was being bullied by my brothers or, you know, not getting this or not getting that. And my mum always used to reply to me and said, oh, yeah, life isn't fair. And I always loved this, uh, you know, the time I hated it because you could never really respond to that. It's like, okay, well, what do I say next? And I always think um, that's kind of been something that stayed with me for a long time. It's just to realize that, look, there are lots of external factors that affect everybody or no one or maybe someone or you. And they're not always fair. You know, they don't always work out how you kind of hope. Um, but the key to life is trying to work out what you can actually influence and impacting those things and ignoring all the things that you can't influence that are bigger than you, that are outside of you, um, and put them down to just saying, well, okay, life isn't fair and accept them and move on. And I think that's been a really, particularly on the kind of roller coaster ride of building a startup, Uh, it you know it's it, it's tough. It's uh, there's lots of amazing highs and amazing lows. But if you always remember that, um, you know, in all of that, yeah, nothing is ever fair. Don't ever worry about the external stuff you can't influence, but try to make a difference on the stuff that you can. Uh, and I think that's uh, certainly helped me with uh, my entrepreneurial journey. Yeah, that's that's incredibly um, powerful. Um, th thank you, thank you for that, John. For those of you listening that have children or younger siblings definitely check out Pobble. There's lots of exciting writing activities on there. The perfect complement to home learning. And it's a fantastic way for you to support London Business School founded startups in the edtech space. John, it was an absolute pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Pleasure. Yeah, thank you so much. Great to talk to you. And thank you, friends, for listening to Ride It Out at LBS. Uh, stay tuned in for any future episodes. Bye.